Hi folks, Tris here. Thanks for listening to Modem Prometheus, and thanks especially to all of you who have joined our Patreon. We don't run ads, so the whole podcast is supported by you. If you'd like to help out, head over to patreon.com forward slash modemprometheus. Members get behind-the-scenes notes, early access, bonus episodes, and a lot more exciting stuff. Today's story is called Name Badge, and is for everyone who's ever, even briefly, wanted to be someone else. On one of the chugging high streets that make up the city's twisting heart, like a pulsing artery, like a grasping root, there is a cafe. In that cafe, a barista is writing a name onto a paper cup before passing it on to be filled with reliable coffee. They wear a badge that says, Hello, my name is Marie. So we will call them Marie, even though this is not their name. Think of it less as a name and more as a label. Can you do that? You might have noticed. I've never told you my name. Nor will I. I'm not that stupid. It doesn't matter that you don't know Marie's name. Marie knows your name. Marie knows everyone's name. It's her party trick. Right now... Marie is preparing an oat milk flat white with caramel syrup. Marie does not judge. Much like Marie is not their real name, this is not their real job, but they've done it for years. Long enough that they don't need to focus on the coffee machine and can look at the people around them. They can see the regulars. The girl with the green hair is sitting with her laptop open, her second double espresso next to her, black as a broken iPhone. Andrew, the teacher from the nearby secondary school, is hunched into a corner with a triple mocha latte. A group of teenage boys from that same school is talking in the queue and looking at her when they think she isn't paying attention. Marie knows what's coming next. They want to see her perform. This is okay. It's why she's here, after all. One detaches himself from the group and comes to the counter. Marie gives him a bright smile. Marie likes people, it turns out. Flat white, extra shot, he says. Got it. She takes a cup and a marker pen and focuses on him. What's your name? Marie knows his name. Knew it the moment she focused on him. But that doesn't count. The name needs to be given. Those are the rules. John, he says. She makes a show of looking at him, playing to the crowd. You look like a Richard. There's a cheer from the group. The guy at the counter shakes his head. Damn, how'd you do it? Magic, Marie says with a grin. But I still need your name if you want your coffee. Rich, the guy says. Rich Dalton. Thanks. Marie winks at him bends forward slightly as she punches the sail into the till, giving him an eyeful of where cleavage would be if her uniform was even remotely revealing. She's annoyed at herself for doing it, but she's Marie, and it's what Marie does. Unnoticed by Rich, she brushes her hand over the cup and something comes away with it. She feels it slip inside her, wriggling and pushing like a moth. Bit stabby, this one. Rich has a couple of issues he's burying. After she's passed the cup on, 
She heads for the bathroom, where she pulls a small vial from her pocket and forces the something into it, drawing it out of her like she's pulling a splinter. It's black, with flashes of red rolling like a tiny storm cloud. She judges it with a professional eye. Lots of anger. Repression, which can be useful sometimes. Fear. Less useful. People need fear, but they never want it. While she's there, she checks her messages. There's yet another one from Sam. And she knows what it says before she opens it. Sam is a bespectacled field mouse of a man, short and slim and permanently looking terrified that something's going to eat him. Somehow, he found out what Marie can do, and now he wants her to do it to him. Sort of. Sam doesn't want his name skimmed like the customers in the cafe. Sam wants to give her the kind of name that comes with a capital N in some fanciful, dramatic declaration of love. At least, Marie assumes so. Giving your name to someone sounds romantic when you don't know what it means. Rich is going to feel a bit less like himself for the next few days, his emotional amplitude toned down. But when you give someone your name with intent, give it freely without getting anything in return, not even a cup of coffee, not even a name back, then it is gone. You are no one. And the one who has your name gets to tell you who you are. The marketing departments in the skyscrapers pay good money for names. And there's far worse out there that can get hold of them. None of this is why Marie hasn't taken Sam's name, but she has no particular need for a puppy boy as a slave. And if you carry something like that around for too long, the hounds will come sniffing. Marie gets nervous enough even when she's skimmed a few too many people and always flinches at the sound of mopeds. Sam's message was sent half an hour ago, which means that when she comes out of the bathroom, yes. Marie sighs. Sam is in the queue for coffee. Small marker? She asks when Sam gets to the front. Yes, please. Sam looks nervous. Like he does every time. Christ, but he's a damp paper bag of a man. Looks like he'll fold in on himself at any moment. Shirt and braces to make up for the fact he's gone 20 and still can't grow a moustache. I was wondering if you got... Yes, I did, Marie says, and no, I can't. She doesn't skim Sam's name. She can't imagine there'll be anything useful there. No, I know you said. I was just wondering if you might know when you could. Nope. I thought... Maybe I could check again, in. And what would you like, sir? Marie pointedly talks to the man behind him, and Sam shuffles down to the far end of the counter. He'll be back tomorrow, no doubt. The shift is mercifully near its end. Marie can feel herself getting grouchy, the same way she always does when a personality starts to chafe. They need to be themselves again, whoever that is. Her phone rings. She already knows who it is, because she switched her phone off when she came back to the till, and only one of her contacts disrespects the laws of physics in this way. 
The caller ID isn't made of numbers, but instead a series of glitched scratches. Hello, she says. What a delight to hear from you. This is entirely a lie. But you need to be careful with things like this. They run on different syntax and take offence for the strangest reasons. Marie thinks she has the spider worked out, but it doesn't pay to be careless. I agreed to meet you here. You are not here. Who did you agree that with? Oh, myself. The one who matters. Well, I'm at work. Foolish, the spider says. I'm in your apartment. You should be here. Do come. The call ends. Marie rests her head against the coffee machine. This day just keeps getting better. There is something you need to know about Marie. Marie hates you. She hates you and your childhood and the house you grew up in and the family you were part of. Marie has never felt like part of anything. It took her several years to work out why. Marie is a changeling. She wonders if the other her, the her who was swapped when they were both still too young to do anything but shit and cry and love, the her who might not even be a her for all she knows, She wonders if they also managed to build a life in a world that wasn't made for them. She would like to meet them one day. She has never met them. And they are the one thing Marie does not hate. She hopes they survived. And Marie has, indeed, built a life. These days, she lives in an apartment block with a private gym, huge windows, a concierge and security, because her job, her real job earns her an awful lot of money it does unfortunately tend to follow her home James a client from the days when she was young stupid and still gave out her address is waiting at her door because there is no security that can't be bypassed with a good suit and expensive haircut you weren't in Marie looks down the corridor and back to James as if to say, yes, she was aware. She unlocks the door and he trails her in. The spider probably won't eat him. She yells, Alexa, lights! And makes him wait while she swaps her uniform trousers for some comfortable loose jeans. She wants nothing more than to shed Marie, but annoying James for a few more minutes is worth it. She leaves the shirt on. The name badge is attached to it, and she doesn't want to deal with this without it. Okay, she says. After listening to James pace for a few minutes. Same again? Yes, James says a little too quickly. I've got this presentation coming up, and if I don't get it right, this bitch Emily will... Yeah, yes, same again. Marie heads into her workshop, already pulling up the right recipe from the app on her phone. It's custom-coded and the best money she ever spent. The workshop was the flat second bedroom, but is now covered in shelves, 
which are themselves full of the distilled components of the names she skims. She's tried so many combinations. Almost all of them have found regular buyers. None have been quite right for her. James gets a bit of confidence and a bit of charm, cut with a hefty dose of worry and a splash of self-interest. When she started, she only gave people the good stuff. Pure confidence, 100% happiness. No one liked it. It didn't feel real. An uncanny valley of brain chemistry. Now she's got a baseline mix of worry, doubt and ennui, and builds the desired hit on top. Here. She holds up a bottle filled with something blue and thick. Five thousand. Five? James exclaims. Last time, it was two and a half. Last time, you ordered online like I asked. This time, you came to my flat like I asked you not to do. But I needed it for tomorrow. Five or nothing. Take your pick. There's a flicker behind James. The spider moving along the walls. Marie's a little concerned the spider will get bored and actually eat him, but James mutters, Fine, and transfers the money. He's shoving it inside almost before he's out the door. The spider doesn't seem to want to show itself yet, so Marie orders a takeaway, then decides she can't put it off any longer. She mentally gathers herself, picks up every stray emotion and holds them tight like flowers crushed in a fist and then unclips the little badge that says, Hello, my name is Marie. Almost immediately, the word Marie fades away. She is still Marie, just. She can feel the personality fading away as the hex, now without an anchor, burns itself out. Marie is a good mix, outgoing, Easily social, cheerful, flirty, happy. But it doesn't fit them. Because nothing does. It's like walking around in a suit that's two sizes too big in the trousers and one too small in the jacket. There is a knock at the door. It's the takeout delivery. They focus on the delivery rider and say, You look like an Alice. The rider is startled. What? Yeah, how'd you do that? Just lucky, I guess. They give her a tip, then sit on the balcony eating chow mein and looking toward the glowing red points of the transmitter mask, waiting. Soon enough, the spider folds itself through the door and sits next to them. The spider is a strange one. It would look quite extraordinarily beautiful if its limbs were not twice as thin and three times as long as they should be. The one who is no longer Marie looks across and offers it a prawn cracker. So, what do you think? The spider asks. Of what? Of my offer. You haven't offered me anything yet. Ah, I will adjust. They do not know what's happening in the spider's head, nor do they wish to. The spider's tongue licks prawn cracker crumbs from its beautiful lips. A bargain. I require a name. And I require a pony. Marie would never say that. But they are no longer Marie. 
If you wish for a pony, I will provide a pony for a name. No, it's... Never mind. I don't want a pony. Why are you asking me? You know what I've got. You want to be someone else for a day, I can hook you up. I don't carry names. But you could. And I have something you want. I doubt it. I know your other born. The one who should have been you. I know where they are. I can bring them to you. Now, the one who is no longer Marie. I'd like to say that they hesitated. That they gave even a second's thought to what the spider might want a name for. Because you'll recall I mentioned there are worse things. The spider is very much one of those worse things. But no. The one who is no longer Marie instantly thought of Sam's endless messages and said, I'll do it. Oh my god, oh my god, thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot tell you. They are in a different cafe, and Marie holds up her hands to keep him quiet. She had considered being Mike, because he is reassuring and charming and lacks even the faintest shred of empathy. Or maybe Ahmed, who is a good listener. She even considered dosing up on some of the fear she'd siphoned from Richard to keep her resolve. But no, she stuck with Marie. It's the one Sam knows. And she really doesn't want to scare him off. You promise, the spider had said. You promise you will do this for me. And that had made Marie hesitate. A promise to one of those things wasn't something that could be broken. But if this was how she found out who she was, it was what had to be done. I can't do it right away, she says. We need to wait a few days. This is a lie. Marie could rip it from him right now. But the spider said it will return on the Friday. And Marie wants to be holding onto a name for as short a time as possible. That's okay. Just knowing that you'll take it. Sam grips Marie's hand in his own. This means so much to me. Marie smiles. You're a special guy. Sam blushes. Marie keeps smiling and tries not to reveal that she's annoyed by his very existence. When she has his name, at least, she'll be able to make him shut up. There are three days until Friday. Marie spends them working at the cafe on autopilot, too distracted to skim any names. She wonders what her other is like, whether they think about her in the same way she thinks about them if they are also anchorless or if they have put down roots, whether they cower in the shadows or ride with the hunt. Every evening, they stand in front of the mirror, no longer Marie or Stephen or Ahmed or Jane or any of the other thousand names they have crafted and tried on over the years. 
The badge sits carefully on the table, a blank slate. They stand in front of the mirror and focus. Nothing. Not even a fuzz or static like something was trying to get through. It's just dead air. That's the thing with names. Something they know better than anyone. People pin their identities to names. You take one, you get the other. That's why a name, freely given, carries such power. They know all this. And they don't understand how they can have a thousand names and yet be no one. It's time. They are wearing Marie again for the occasion and sit with Sam at one of the picnic tables set out in the park. It's late and the place is empty other than the foxes. Sam was there early, huddled up in a puffy coat. Will it hurt? He asks. No, Marie says. But you will feel different. I hope so. Marie offers her hands, and Sam takes them. The wind picks up just slightly. Marie did not do that, but she appreciates the drama. She stares into Sam's rabbit-like eyes. Will you give me your name? To do with as I will? Will you give me all of who you are? I will. Sap, Marie thinks, and closes her eyes, feeling the tingle of power as the connection is formed. It's a shame for Sam, but it's not like she can make it any clearer what's about to happen. She's going to suck this one dry. Tell me your name, child, she says. Give it to me freely. My name, Sam says, and hesitates. Come on. Marie feels her hands grip harder. You've got to give it to me now. My name, Sam says more firmly. My name is Samantha Abigail Knowles. Marie's eyes slam open. What? It's too late. She has the name. She took it, just like she said she would, and she feels it inside her, a cold, dead husk of a thing. She tries compelling Sam to stand, something that should now be trivial, but he doesn't even notice. My name is, he says, and then breaks into giggles. Oh my God. Oh my God, it's gone. Marie could cry. She has the name, but this is not what she promised the spider. A name for a person who never existed is not a name at all, it's just a label. After all this time, 
You'd think she'd have been able to tell the difference. Sam. The person who was once known as Sam is sitting straighter, looking at everything as if they're seeing it for the first time. I can have a name that's mine. Marie has a thought. How did you find out about me? I was told. He says, one of them. I tried to give it to them and they wouldn't take it, but they told me you could do it. Long legs? Yes. Yes, them. I don't know what they're called. Marie shakes her head, wondering at how she has been played. She wonders what the spider wants from her. Wonders if it was just payback for some slight she never knew she'd given. In as much debt as she now is, she'll no doubt find out soon enough. No longer Sam is still looking at everything. I could be Alex. I like Alex. Or maybe Tom. Or even Sam. I could even still be Sam, but Sam Sam? Just Sam. Marie smiles ruefully and focuses on him. She says, You look like a... He puts two fingers on Marie's lips, silencing her. No, he says. No one gets to tell me who I am. Murder and Prometheus is written by Neil Merton. Performed by Kate Angier and with music and production by me, Tris Oten. Check out my other show at lostterminal.com. It's got more science and less dread. If you like what we do, check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash modemprometheus. If you're not ready for that kind of commitment, please rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this right now. Our next story is due on the full moon. And if you find yourself feeling a little less like yourself next time you go to Starbucks, well, you know the reason why. <laughs>